I want everyone to turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And uh, if you were with us last week at Risinga Park, which many of you were, we took a first look at verses 17 through 34. It's a somewhat familiar section of passage. It talks about the Lord's Supper, especially verses 23 through 26. But what's interesting is we looked at it last week is that we don't always see it in context. And we're going to try to capture that today. Last week we started looking at the history of the Lord's Supper, communion. And it really starts back with the Passover, the deliverance from the Egyptian slavery. The children of God, God's people, were in slavery for 400-plus years until there was a leader that was selected. And God used Moses to say, let my people go. We know the story. Many of you know the story of the Passover angel. The death angel came. And if there was blood on the doorpost, the angel would pass. Otherwise, the firstborn of every livestock, of every firstborn human, were killed in one night. And God delivered their people. God delivered the people. It's an incredible, huge story in the Old Testament. And once a year, the children of Israel would gather for the Passover meal to celebrate and to remember. And it was a picture, really, of what was to come, that Jesus was to be our deliverer. But in the New Testament, Jesus, at the Passover meal, he did something amazing. He established with his disciples a new memorial. As he stood with his disciples, and it's accounted in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the Passover, he says, hey, this was a great thing. The death angel got you out of Egypt and ultimately into Canaan. But Jesus said, look, my death is going to get you out of bondage and ultimately into heaven. Isn't that incredible? Jesus took the Old, the Old Testament story and he brought fresh revelation to it. He said, look, the Passover was a physical release, but the death, my death, is eternal, and it's a spiritual of nature. And so the early church, after Jesus died and rose again, and then he ascended into heaven, the early church, they met all the time. We looked at it last week. They would daily meet in their homes. A little later, it was weekly on the resurrection day, on the day that Jesus was, was risen from the grave, they would meet. And we called those love feasts or agape feasts or agape feasts where they would worship, they would have communion, they would have a meal shared, and then Paul would preach the word or one of the, one of the leaders would preach. But there was a problem in 1 Corinthians or in the Corinthian church. The Corinthian leaders, they were abusing, they were twisting, they were perverting the Lord's Supper. And there were divisions in the church, and Paul was addressing this in this passage. See, some were arriving early and getting the choice meats. They were feasting, banqueting, by ne and neglecting others, especially the poor, the lower class. Church, they were humiliating some among them. Some were getting drunk. Others, the wealthy, they were saying, okay, well, we'll, we'll have the choice meats, but we'll give you the leftovers or the less desirable. And Paul's hearing this. He's saying, look. In verse 17, he says, not only is this not good, we looked at it last week, he said, this is not the Lord's Supper. This is not communion. 
He says, you would be better off not to meet at all. Incredible story. And if you're there with me in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, we know that in the context, Paul is really concerned about unity. The unity was key. Christ was the key. Caring for one another. And that divisions are deadly. Divisions are destructive. And it was a serious issue. And so last time we were together, we talked about that communion was a time of of, of appreciation. And I want to remind you of these verses. It's a remembrance. Look at it. Verse 23, we'll start there. We covered 17 through 22 last week. It says, For I received from the Lord what I passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he gave thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the death, the Lord's death until he comes. The key word I want you to see this morning, we looked at it last week, is remember. Remembrance. And we said, yes, we normally take time to say, okay, God, we remember your sacrifice. But last week I brought some insight that God has remembered us. He's remembered you. When we were without hope, God loved us first. Praise God. So if you feel like you're forgotten or lonely, no. Jesus loves you, and he has a plan for your life. I want you to know that. So the first thing was appreciation. Thank you, Lord. The second, communion is a time of evaluation. Let's look at it in verse 27. Therefore, whoever eats the bread and drinks a cup in the Lord in an unworthy manner is guilty of sinning against the Lord. Sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. A man ought to examine himself before he eats the bread and drinks a cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without recognizing the Lord eats and drinks judgment on himself. This is why many among you are weak and sick. And a number of you have fallen asleep. But if we judge ourselves, we would not come under judgment. When we are judged by the Lord, we are being disciplined so that we will not be condemned with the world. You know, there's a lot in that particular section. But remember, the context here is an issue of unity. That the church, the body of Christ, us collected even here this morning, we are a mingling of our lives together, one commentator said. And there's personal connotation. There are corporate connotations. That the divisions in the church, they were eating without disorder. They were doing things that would be damaging one to another, and then just carrying on like nothing happened. And Paul's saying, look, this can't be. Essentially, Paul's saying in this section, he's saying, look, get your act together. How you treat one another in the body is so important, how you treat one. So don't be careless. Don't be flippant or indifferent. And especially in a time like this, in a communion, Don't entertain sin or be unrepentant or be mocking or humiliating towards others. He says, examine yourself. There needs to be an evaluation. In church, the seriousness, the sacredness of the Lord's Supper, I hope that you feel the weight of it this morning, that we are communing with the body and the blood of the very person, Jesus Christ. Do you realize that? 
That's what a privilege we have this morning. But there's a third thing. The third thing is that communion is a time for celebration. And I just want to see the smiles on your faces. I know it's kind of somber here, but a time of celebration. Saying, this is incredible. Let's look at verse 33. So then, my brothers, when you come together, wait for each other. Why? Because one is not a party. Two, maybe. We need each other. They're saying, look, don't starve unless you're ready. But all together. If anyone's hungry, you should go home so that you do not meet together. It does not result in judgment. And when I come, I will give you further direction. The point is that there is a marriage supper of the Lamb in our future if we believe in Jesus, where we will be together. An agape feast, an agape feast, a love fest. It's not a solemn time. It's a time of celebration. say, well, what are we celebrating? What's so important? Well, look, Jesus came to this world. And he suffered for you. We're celebrating that he suffered hatred and jeers and mockings and despising and the plotting of all the people who could not tolerate him. Why did he do that? He did it for you. He went to the garden night after night and poured out his heart to the Father for you. He sweat drops of blood. For you. He died on the cross for you. And when it says, take, eat, drink, this is my body for you. Take, eat, drink, this is my blood, which is for you. Church, we have something to celebrate this morning. Something incredible to celebrate. And so this morning, ushers, at this time, you can prepare. We're going to pass out the elements here. We're going to continue to worship and set our hearts. And what I've asked Jared and Jennifer to do is to to bring us to a point of communion, right, to partake, but then to take us to a place of celebration. And so I want you to come with us on that journey. And ushers, as you're ready, and then Pete and Deb, you can come uh, once the emblems are...